Welcome to the Florida Travel Podcast, Episode 5, Sanibel Island. The Florida Travel Podcast is a podcast to help Florida residents and visitors get more out of the Sunshine State. I'm Tanya. And I'm Christina. And this week's episode is sponsored by Original Disnerd. Original Disnerd brings the Disney classics back for you to wear. Find retro and classic tees featuring Disney parks nostalgia such as River Country, The Great Movie Ride, and Original Mickey Bars. They also have fun takes on classic rides such as Peter Pan's Flight and the Pirates of the Caribbean. You won't find these fun and original teas anywhere else. And if you're a Florida local, you'll appreciate the history behind Original Disnerd's designs. Visit OriginalDisnerd.com to start your shopping for your next Florida vacation. So this week we will talk about Sanibel and Captiva Islands and why they are a popular choice. But before we talk about Sanibel, let's go into our Florida tip of the week. And this week, I wanted to give you some packing and clothing option choices. Uh, For the most part, it's warm year-round here, and you don't need to pack a lot of heavy clothes. So if you're going somewhere like Sanibel or Captiva Island, layering pieces are great for the cooler months, but also think about packing lightweight clothes that are moisture-wicking. Think about workout fabrics, uh, those lighter weight clothing options that pack down really light and keep you cool. And my favorite tip, don't forget your sunscreen. (laughs) So this week we want to talk about Sanibel Island and Captiva Island, which is right next door. Yep. Back to the beaches. Yes. Back to the islands of Florida. Mm -hmm. So, um, so Sanibel Island, I've been there. I've been there a couple of times. Christina, have you been to Sanibel? I went to Sanibel and Captiva as a child. It's a magical place, transport you out of everything. It's yes. so beautiful there. What I what I like about Sanibel Island is that it is an island. You get that island mm-hmm. feel, but you don't have to go all the way south to the Florida Keys. It's very inclusive there too. Like you are all in one place. Absolutely. So let's talk about where Sanibel is. Uh, Sanibel Island is just off of Fort Myers, Florida, and that is in the southwest side of Florida. So almost as far south as you can go on the southwest side. Um, So that puts you in the Gulf. It puts you on the Gulf side. That's Mm -hmm. right. And we did talk about our Florida beaches and back in episode three. So if you have any questions about the different types of beaches that we visit, we may refer back to that one. But Sanibel is um, probably, it's about three hours from the Orlando area. So I think that would make it about two hours from Tampa. And you can fly into Fort Myers if you're visiting from out of state or if you fly in from or if you fly into Tampa, it's about a two, probably about a two-hour drive. Um, I'm not sure how far it is from Miami. You'd have to go across the state, so maybe, maybe about three hours from Miami as well. Yeah, because it's pretty far south on the west coast. Yes, and it is an island. So how do you get there? Well, fortunately, there's a bridge. <laughs> Once you get to the Fort Myers you area, you don't have to swim. You don't have to swim. Well, that takes all the fun out of it. You do have to pay. Uh, <laughs> Something we haven't talked about in Florida is we are notorious for the amount of toll roads we have in this state. So if uh, it's a bridge, you're going to pay. <laughs> yes, you are going to pay a go to go across uh, to the island. But once you get there, there is no reason to leave. Um, so um, 
Do you know what makes Sanibel Island special? I have a feeling you do. <laughs> so I've been, it's been maybe two years since I've been to Sanibel. And then my husband and I uh, even spent an anniversary there well before kids. I, I really love it there. I love it because Sanibel Island, and this is not facts that I knew without pulling them from their website, but they have 15 miles of unspoiled beaches, 25 miles of bike paths, 50 types of fish, 230 types of birds, and 250 kinds of shells. And you know what else is really cool? There are zero stoplights in Sanibel Island. <laughs> that is a very weird fact. <laughs> I don't think that they don't stop. They have stop signs, of course, but it gives you that unhurried island lifestyle. You could literally spend a couple of weeks there doing all of that stuff. Well, and, and you'd have a lot to pack. We- Fishing <laughs> poles, bikes, bathing suits, sunscreen. Well, Bring, bring your bathing suits, bring your sunscreens, but we'll talk about bikes okay. it, it here as well. So the other really amazing thing about Sanibel Island is that, do you know that hotels cannot be any taller than the tallest tree? You know what's funny about that fact is I remember something, not that I know that fact, but I remember thinking everything was small. <laughs> <laughs> like it was all short. I don't know if it was... I was a child, so my viewpoint was a little different, but I just remember thinking everything was, how come it's only a couple of stories high? Right. So it's unlike going to the beaches in Clearwater or even Miami. You have no skyscrapers. So you have unparalleled views of everything around you. So So when you're sitting in your hotel on your balcony, you don't have another building in front of you that's higher than you are. Correct. I think... Probably most hotels are three, maybe four stories high. I mean, we do get some tall trees Um, here in Florida. I seem to, I don't know if this fact is in here or not, but uh, I seem to remember that it's not very wide. No. Sanibel is uh, a crescent shape. So it's shaped like a C, a curved C. So getting from one side of it to the other is like nothing. No, it really isn't. And this is where those bike paths Mm -hmm. come in. You could easily bike from one end to the other. Mm -hmm. I, we've biked quite a bit of Sanibel. I haven't quite done one end to the other, but I don't think it would be a problem. Mm -hmm. Now, Captiva Island is connected to Sanibel Island. You can't drive directly to Captiva. You have to drive through Sanibel up to Captiva and it is a much smaller island not another toll bridge, fortunately, just a short little hop bridge. You could actually bike, ride bike your bike bridge. from Sanibel to Captiva as well. I stayed on Captiva also as a child with some friends in a condo, and it was really, really pretty there. Yes. It's, it's such a... Captiva is even, I feel, more undeveloped uh-huh. than Sanibel. That's how I remember it too. And I, I know there are hotels, but I couldn't tell you where they were. They're, they're so few and they're far few. Between, between, but go to Captiva to rent a boat mm-hmm. and go out fishing. I know we, I mentioned the different types of fish. If you enjoy fishing, that's a great place to do some, um, deep sea fishing or even just off the coast fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there are, we talked a little bit about hotels on Captiva. Those hotels are 
for the most part, mostly independently owned and run hotels. There are some of your bigger chain hotels. um, And by big, I just mean big names. Obviously, they can't be huge. There are going to be a few name brand hotels on Sanibel, but most of them are individually owned and run, which makes them incredibly unique. So you have inns that might have four or six rooms that are incredibly intimate and private. So like bed and breakfast type. And then you have bed and breakfast. Bread and breakfast. Breakfasts. How do you pluralize bed? Do you say beds? And br- I think only- it's bed and breakfasts. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a fun word to pluralize. Nope. <laughs> Anyway, they have bed and breakfast there. You can do home rentals. We've talked about renting through Airbnb or VRBO, which is vacation rental by owner. And in our last episode, we talked about camping. You can camp at Sanibel Island as well. I'm going to have to do that. (laughs) So look that up. Um, So Sanibel is, like I said, very pristine, very um, unspoiled, beaches, unparalleled views. It's full of nature. My memories of these places, Captiva and Sanibel, it's like when you step off the cruise ship in, in a, like a, um, not the port, but the beaches that are, when you go to the islands, like where they're just these beautiful, long, white white sandy beaches and that are just only this is more natural and it's more full of, you know, the, the shells and the, and the, and the stuff that you find on a real beach, not a man-made one. Well, and this, and the beaches in Sanibel are a little varied. For the most part, they are that white sand. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what to do in Sanibel. And, and the beach is a huge attraction. It's the Gulf side. It's Southwest Florida. It's warm. warm. It's comfortable to swim, I would say, probably year round. The last time I went, it was in November. And yeah, it was, if a cold day down there, it's going to be really rare. It Yes. And so it's a fantastic place to if you're not from Florida, really get that good tropical feeling without going all the way down to the Keys. Uh, but the beaches in Sanibel and what Sanibel Island is known for is the amount of shells that mm-hmm. you can find on the beaches. Bring your shell book. Yes. I, I have a, well, I have a Florida beaches book that has the list of the different shells that you can get. Uh, like I said earlier, 250 kinds of shells. Do you, do you even know how many shells? I, I, I didn't even realize that there were that many. No. And we did talk um, when we were talking about the beaches, about the tides and how when, when the tides come in and out, different shells are coming up and, and you can find so many of these shells because of the, the tides, because of the, the, um, the storms that come in and out. And so just because there's 250 doesn't mean you won't find them. <laughs> right. You will find a lot of them. And I, I, I've told you that I'm not allowed to bring shells yeah. home anymore. Everyone, everyone in my house. Well, it's because a lot of what I have has come from Sanibel Island. <laughs> That's funny. Now you can, you will <laughs> see if you're visiting Sanibel Island, you will see in the shops sometimes they will sell bags of shells I don't think you need to purchase bags mm-hmm. of shells. You will find enough on your own. The The one exception is, is if you are looking for a specific type of shell, 
they're likely the shops will likely have a intact one. That's right. the that's the other thing too. Shells are they break. They they are shells. They break. You're not always going to find the perfect shells. That's the hunt though. That's find right. The and perfect. the ones that and the perfect shells that I have, I believe have come from Sanibel Island. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but something else I also remember from Sanibel and Captiva, I feel like it was particularly Captiva was there was tons of sand dollars. Yes, I found sand dollars okay, as well. Do you well. know if there's some sort of restriction on taking sand dollars because I feel like I learned that at some point you are not really supposed to take a sand dollar. Well, I think it's hard to determine if a sand dollar is, is alive. alive or not. And yes, we, we definitely advise that you don't take live shells. But you can pick those babies up and they are so cool. And there there's so many of them in all various sizes too. And likely if you are finding a dry, broken oh, sand yeah. dollar, then that That's one is dead. not live. You can, you can take that one. Um, but the reason why Sanibel is one of literally the top places in the world to collect shells, that they have done studies, they are among the top three places that shells wash up on the beach is part of that because of where it's located in the Gulf and that crescent shape, that C shape for it's the like island. A catch. It, catch all. Interestingly, the outer part of the sea is the one that's facing right. the Gulf. So right. it's not... It's not like catching like a cup. It's just, it has that shape like where barrier. so much, yeah, it's a barrier. It's a great barrier that so much washes up on the shells. Now, I stayed at a place called Island Inn, and it's right at the point of that, that middle section of the sea. So there, it was a beautiful resort. They have beach bungalows uh, right there on the beach. You can literally walk out and steps to the ocean from your bungalow at Island Inn. Because they're positioned right there at the sea, they're at one of the top catching points for shells. And you can go out there and talk about uh, and and shell hunt. Like you said, they also, if you stay there, they do a shell walk. So then they, somebody guides you through? Someone guides you through walking ah. the beach. Now, you can pay for the shell walk as well, but if you are staying at Island Inn, you can uh, do the walk for free. What's neat is that this shell walk is guided by a biologist who studies That's brilliant. the shells. This When we did the shell walk, this guy knew his stuff, and he's picking things up smaller than a fingernail. That you would have just walked past. That you would have walked right on to, by. Right? So you, it's like doing a museum tour only yeah. on the beach. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Well, yeah. and they, it's like a historian for shells. So these biologists work at the shell museum. Mm. So There's there, a shell museum there? <laughs> there is a shell museum. Of course there is. Of course you would know that. Well, I Imagine it's every, they mention it everywhere you go around Sanibel. But imagine if you're a top destination for seashells. You want to have a shell museum. You Can you tell me musician. something? I'm looking at your list here and shell museum and it has a long list of shells. And I have heard of most of these, but olive? Uh, yes, there's the, some of the different types of shells that you will find Amongst the 250, you will find conch shells. Mm -hmm. Those generally, most people envision those as the great big ones that, you know, you blow into if you're mm -hmm. on the island, right? Or you can hear the sea. Conch shells are not all that big. You can find uh, cockle shells, scallops, tulip shells, coquina shells. 
I, I got to be honest, I don't remember what an olive shell it's is. It's got to be something like the shape of the pit of an olive or like that round. It's got to be something like that. Yes. I need to look that up. I'm not a Ravenclaw, but I got to look that up because <laughs> I've seen most of those. Um, uh, although I don't know what a lightning whelk is. Do you know what's special about coquina shells? Well, I do, but I think I'll let you tell us. Oh, no, you tell me because you were the one that talked about St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Yes. What's special about coquina shells in St. Augustine? They use them. To, that's primarily what that fort is built from is coquina shells. It was a combination of the water, the sand, and the coquina put together, and they, they basically built their homes and buildings and they used it for filler it's in between. everywhere yeah. it's the castillo de san marcos fort in saint augustine which for some reason i can't remember the name ever anymore. <laughs> but it's a lot of the buildings around that area as well but you can find coquina shells the whole like whole walls are built out of it you can see the it's walls. sturdy yeah and and they fill in between if they made it out of wood they fill in between with coquina yes so um, the other thing we talked about is the bike paths. Mm -hmm. So there's 22, 25 miles of paved bike paths. They'll take you anywhere. Like we said, you can go from one tip of the island to the other. They lead to the shops, the restaurants, points of interest, but they also lead you into the wilder side of Sanibel Island I can't remember the percentage and I couldn't find it when I was doing my research, but there's something, there's something like over, it's either 40% or 60% of Sanibel Island is undeveloped. So even if you're going there, you're going to visit and you're not going to stay in a super large hotel, you're also going to find wildlife on every side of you. So you mentioned that there's only, there's no stop lights, that there's stop signs and stuff. Do you find that there's a lot of driving going on? Or are people mostly taking bikes and riding there's on these There's a paths? lot of bikes. Yeah. So, because those bike paths, they are, they're not on the main roads. You, you have to cross the main road from time to time, but. Because it's easy to get around. It's not like you're driving 18 miles on a bike to get somewhere if you want to just get a nice ride in. Exactly. Right. So that leads me, I wrote this question down to ask you later, but since we're talking about bikes, do they offer any sort of like what I'm, do I need to bring five bikes because I have a family of five? No. So what, what does that mean? That means that there are bike rentals everywhere you go oh, because okay. of all of these yeah. bike paths. I mean, imagine if you're a business in Sanibel, it makes sense for you <laughs> to, to rent bikes as well. But a lot of times you can find them, uh, your hotels might have them. I oh, mentioned staying. Like I wonder if some of the bed and breakfasts and stuff just have they them might. there for you. They you... absolutely might. It's worth checking out if you're looking at uh, resorts on Sanibel Island. Check out to see if they have bikes available. When we stayed at Island Inn, they had bikes available for us to use. A lot of your Airbnbs, the owners know that this is a place to go biking. That's a feature. That's an amenity that they may offer. You might pay you know, 20 bucks extra a night to stay in one Airbnb that has bikes and one that versus one that doesn't, but I'm, you're going to save money on your rentals. I'm getting two things so far from this that seem like top notch is bikes and shells in, yes. in Sanibel and Captiva. You want to, want to get a, get a bike ride in and you want to go, I'm, this whole biologist leading me on a seashell hunt. These two things are sticking out in my head so far. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad because I know it's been a while, yeah. like you said, and you talked about on our last episode when you talked about camping and seeing the wildlife mm -hmm. on your hiking trails, there's so much wildlife in Sanibel. 
as well because it is so undeveloped and will remain undeveloped. You can see a lot of wildlife there as well. In fact, there's a wildlife preserve. It's called the JN Ding Darling Wildlife Preserve. What on earth? How did they get that name? I think that's the the founder's nickname. Ah. <laughs> so uh, in the wildlife preserve, you can. it is a drive-through, but you, they also have bike trails as well. You can drive. You can walk. It goes. You can through. ride your bike through the wildlife preserve. Yes. Why not? <laughs> that is so cool. But they do have a nature center right there as well, so that you can learn all about the different wildlife that you might see. Specific see to that area too. That's specific amazing. to that yeah. area. Absolutely. You might see. You might see those. You might see turtles. You might see box turtles. You could, if you look in the water, you might see sea turtles mm. as well. Uh, the neat thing about. Sanibel is, yes, it's an island, but inside of the island, I don't know how to best describe this, but inside of the island, there are rivers. And I'm not talking about big rivers. I'm this just talking about from the water little to, canals, mm-hmm. little areas where you're not necessarily out on the open water, but you can kayak through these waterways. Is that more like a tributary? M- maybe. You're a better homeschool mom than I yeah, am. I think it's because that's the water coming in off the Gulf. I think it's called a tributary. Okay. So wildlife, uh, the other thing I like to do, I like to kayak. So you talked mm-hmm. about biking. We talked about seashelling. I like to paddle through these waterways. And I really enjoy Sanibel Island for that because they have the mangroves that surround you on all sides of those waterways. If you're not familiar with mangroves, if you're not in Florida or if you're not on a coastal side of Florida, the mangroves are... It's like a structure. It's a structure of roots. roots. It looks like roots. There's not necessarily a tree attached to them. It's more of a vine, but it is... It's They're hard. You can't... They're hard. They're like tree roots, but imagine this tangle of roots uh, along either side of the river. And I didn't know this. My, my kids learned this in school. There are three different types of mangroves, mm-hmm. and you can... You can, is it salt or sugar? One of them tastes salty. Like you can lick the leaves. It's safe to do. Please look this up before you take my advice. <laughs> I'm not responsible. Disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> uh, but I'll have to go home and check with my daughter on that one. Um, but it's it's really neat because you feel enclosed but still open enough where you peek through those roots and you're you going to see, see stuff. Mm-hmm. birds, you're going to see turtles. It's usually the birds that have nests in there. I was going to say, and I know they build their nests in there. Yep. In there. Mm-hmm. But in uh, along those waterways in Sanibel, I've seen dolphins play. Mm-hmm. I've seen manatees hide out. If you're lucky, you might see a sea turtle and... What else have I seen? Dolphins, manatees, sea turtles, flying fish. What? I don't know if they're true flying fish or if these are just fish that that are jump jump super high. Super high. That that is a flying fish, though. That's what they're called. And they're not literally flying, but they are flying. They're (laughs) jumping so high. I have to, 
I, I get concerned that one's going to land in my vessel. <laughs> one's going to land in my boat or my kayak or whatever I am. But it's so neat to watch. It's just an experience that you're not going to get necessarily out on the open waters. You're not going to get this in the springs in the central part of Florida. You're only going to get this in those intercoastal waterways uh, and, and along the islands the, and there. The like Gulf, and those Sanibel. islands down there definitely provide a different experience um, than than anywhere else because because it's the Gulf and not the ocean. Yes. And it's the islands, so there's sort of some protection from everything else that, that up, up and down that Gulf Coast doesn't get because it's wide open. So it's sort of like this little protected area. Yes, yes, exactly. So I have a question, a couple of questions for you here. Yes. Um, we talked about sand when we were comparing the, the beaches, the East Coast, West Coast. And the fact that Florida has a lot of different types, types of, sand, of sand, depending and- on where you go. That's back in episode three when we talk about the Florida beaches. Yeah. So so here you mentioned the sand a little bit. Is it primarily that white powdery sand? It's not perfectly powdery like you would find in Clearwater. Mm-hmm. I think Clearwater's got more of that softer powder. It is white or golden it's not always going to be a soft because Because of the shells, because as we talked about the shells along the beach. So I would definitely recommend that before you find a spot on the beach that you wear shoes, sandals, Sandals. (laughs) you wear sandals on the beach or, um, water shoes Mm -hmm. to go into the water with, uh, Oh yeah. Water shoes in the water. I got to tell you, uh, my brother has a story that of when we were there visiting and he said, um, yeah, you were standing out in the water about knee deep and I ran in and grabbed you like I was playing and I pulled you out of the water and I was like, oh, what was that about? And he said, there were stingrays. Oh, <laughs> they were all around you. Oh, <laughs> my how, brother saved my life. <laughs> how about that? So another thing of wildlife you can see are the stingrays. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. So shuffle your feet when you're walking in the Shuff- water. Well, and I would absolutely recommend wearing water, water shoes, shoes in the water, especially mm-hmm. at Sanibel Island and Captiva Island because it didn't happen to me here. But do you remember I sliced my toe really when big we when, in, when we were in Melbourne yep. a while back? And uh, yeah, I was bleeding quite mm-hmm. profusely <laughs> and I'm fine. It's it's all good. It was just a nice deep cut from... I'm fine. I'm fine. It's... Uh, I think they, it, it they could can, have been from a rock. It could have been from a shell. But that stuff can really hurt you. Yeah. So you yeah. have to be careful. Wear your water check, shoes. Check where you're swimming. Check your shoes. Make sure, especially in an area like this, you're going to enjoy the weather. You're going to enjoy the waterway. It's always beautiful weather there because it's on the coast. And it's it is. windy and breezy. And you're going to enjoy the shell hunting. So it's it makes um, some great entertainment for the kids. Okay, so um, my next question is, um, you mentioned renting bikes. Yes. And you also mentioned that you enjoy water sports. What types of rentals can you find? Can you find paddle boards and kayaks? And yes. So yes. all of, and umbrellas, cabanas, that sort of thing for the beach? I don't remember seeing any cabanas I wonder on if the it's beach. hotel specific. Do they do that? It might hotels? be hotel specific. I know that there were chairs that we could borrow from the hotel when we stayed there the other time we stayed there it was in a home rental 
and again, that's a, I, I whatever look at, they have in the home. Look at those amenities. They may have beach chairs for you, and but you can rent the paddle boards. And you can rent paddle boards. You can rent cabanas. I know there's even a few home rentals that may have those that paddle offer boards them. Okay. too. Yes, I've seen that as an amenity. So you don't need to necessarily pack up every no. single thing you've got to bring. Down Absolutely, there. you don't there's, have to bring the bikes and the kayaks and the you can enjoy boards. all of these nature natural wonders that Sanibel offers without hauling everything that you own. Um, so I know you mentioned the Shell Museum. Did you experience any of the restaurants or any other type of museums or parks in the area? There's not a lot of museums. Uh, there is the Shell Museum. There is the uh, JN Ding Darling Wildlife Preserve. There's not much more than that as far as culture so they really want you to stay out in the nature they want you to stay out in the nature and the restaurants here's a fantastic area to dine right now as we're recording this we're still in the middle of our COVID-19 pandemic you want to probably dine outdoors most of the time and while there are not restrictions on indoor dining in Florida at the time of this recording, who knows? That could change. That's in right. a month. Check your <laughs> check your local ordinances. The the islands may also have their own ordinances on that as well. But there's a lot of outdoor dining because you're on an island, and it's beautiful to sit outside over there. Yes. So the I think everywhere we went two years ago, we were dining outside because it was so nice. All right. So I have another question. This is my last question. Um, it is an island and it is not very big. Does it get crowded? Is there a time of the year that is best to go? Is there like a peak season? I get summertime is probably a great season there, but I just wonder if there's a better time or. So peak season, you're going to find when you're looking at the hotel rates, you will find when peak season is. Believe it or not, peak season is not in the summer like you would expect. Mm. That's actually going to be a little less crowded peak season is when the snowbirds arrive. Ah, And so, you know, for those of you listening, I'm sure all of you Floridians know what a snowbird is. And I'm sure most of you from the great white North know that you are snowbirds when you're coming down here to live half of the year. (laughs) (laughs) It is, uh, it is when the folks from the North migrate to the South to get away from the winter and we call them snowbirds. So your peak season uh, is generally November to um, March, maybe. Um, Spring break might be busier as well, just as if Floridians don't want to go too far, they might head out there. But it's, I would check your hotel rates when you see those lower hotel rates. It's not going to be as crowded. Every time I've visited, I've never felt that it's crowded there. Likely because the capacity of the hotels and such, it probably keeps a a low crowd control. I think so. Yes. I think because so much of it is undeveloped, you're not going to have too many crowds in general anyway. Um. Do you have any other questions for me about Sanibel Island I and think we, Island? I think we covered a, a good portion of information about those places. I think we did too. And so now it's time for our featured Florida product of the week. Each week we share our favorite Florida products from small businesses throughout the state. And this week's featured product is Calusa Waterware. 
I found this company through another influencer online, and I have to say I'm in love with their products. They're lightweight clothing options. So when we talk about packing light and packing those moisture wicking uh, type clothing, they are those lightweight products. Their motto is that life on the water is better. And all of their products have this beautiful Florida theme. A lot of them are these watercolor designs of um, flamingos and palm trees. And I know as we, um, as this airs, it is past the holidays, that they have cute, de- uh, they have cute designs that represent our unique Florida holiday weather. So think palm, <laughs> palm trees with them. lights on them. <laughs> think flamingos with Santa hats. They're very, very cute. So you can check them out at floridatravelpod.com slash Calusa. And Calusa is spelled C-A-L-O-O-S-A. Christina, where can we find the Florida Travel Pod? Florida Travel Pod can be found on Facebook and Instagram or read the show notes at floridatravelpod.com backslash blog. You can also support us at patreon.com slash Florida Travel Pod. There you can support us with different levels and each month we will have exclusive discounts for some of the attractions or Florida featured products of the week plus some surprises. Thank you so much for listening this week to the Florida Travel Pod. I'm Tanya. And I'm Christina. Stay sunny. Stay sunny.